Hey, 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 what's up? What's happening, everyone? I'm the host, Ryan Allen, and welcome to All In, All Out. If you're new to the show, thank you for taking the time out of your day, whether it's the morning, afternoon, evening, or the nighttime. I thank you once again for joining this latest edition of All In, All Out. Right, right, let's get the show popping. I may not seem as energetic this episode, and it's because I'm pretty much going on the fly for this one. Because less than a half an hour ago, I watched the movie Harriet. And it was one of the most humbling, heartwarming, and inspirational biographical films I've ever seen. Now, for those who don't know, the movie Harriet is based on the woman Harriet Tubman. And for those who don't know who Harriet Tubman was, she was a American abolitionist and a social activist. After escaping enslavement, she made around 13 missions and rescued 70 slaves, including family and friends, using the network of anti-slavery activists and safe houses, which were known as the Underground Railroad. And during the time of the American Civil War, she served as an army scout and an undercover spy for the Union Army. And in her later years, she was an activist for the women's suffrage movement. And the reason why I'm, I say I'm doing this on the fly, because I did not expect to talk about Harriet Tubman today. Did not plan it whatsoever. Was not in the forefront of my mind. However, after watching that film, I, I, I needed to talk about Harriet Tubman. And it's phenomenal because it falls in line to what I originally was going to talk about anyway, which is Proverbs 31. But before I get into that, I wanted to discuss about the film Harriet. And I strongly, strongly recommend the film to anyone listening to the sound of my voice right now whether you are a historian you like history you enjoy history you enjoy women's history you're a woman of god you're a christian or anyone else for that matter because this that film is extraordinary 
And I truly believe if you are a born-again believer, especially a woman born-again believer, this film will touch you in such a imaginary way. Excuse me. I, I'm, I cried twice during that film. That's how much it touched me. So if I seem a little flabbergasted, excuse me. So there's a couple of scenes from that film I want to discuss. Because it really showed... Harriet Tubman in her true form. And I'm talking specifically as a woman of God, that which she was during her lifetime. I mean, during the time where she was on those missions, freeing those slaves, she didn't know how to read. She didn't have no map. She got guidance from people who knew how to get to Pennsylvania. But on her way to Pennsylvania, when she's making those trips, she was listening to the voice of God. And whoo, it it, it was heartwarming. I'm telling you, it was heartwarming. So... Here's the first clip I want to play. Now, to give a, a quick backstory into this scene, it's Harriet's first time going back to the, the plantation. I believe it was in Maryland, if I remember correctly. And she came to rescue her family. She came to rescue her family. And they realized, the people at the plantation realized that five of their best slaves, black people, were gone missing. So they blocked the bridge to... They blocked the bridge that's a pathway to the north. So Harriet has stopped at one point and prayed. She heard the voice of the Lord. And she said, we, we can't go this way. Let's go left. And they reach a certain point where there's a river. And people were panicking, saying, oh, we, we, excuse me, with that, we, we can't go this way, trying to get us killed. And there was one guy who was super defiant, even to the point where he said, come on, I'll lead you, I'll lead you. But listen to this clip where Harriet Tubman showed her true faith in the Lord. Take a listen. 
springs of living water flow through me. Lord, help me cross. Lead me through. All right. I know that was very short, but as I said, I definitely recommend y'all watch that movie. Now, for those who didn't understand what she said, quote, Heavenly Father, rivers of living water flow through me. Lord, help me cross. Lead me through. And if you watch that scene, her head was up the entire time while crossing the river. And when she made that prayer, it was in reference to John chapter 7 and verse 38. And I want to read it for all of you real quick. Let me get there. Okay, we're almost there. All right. Here's Jesus speaking. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when Jesus said belly, it means the heart. He's referring to the heart. So again, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his heart, shall flow rivers of living water. Now, how awesome is that? How, how can you not be blessed by that? And that's one of the scenes that I cried to because when she was making that prayer, I, I knew she was referencing Christ, Jesus Christ. I, I knew it in my heart. I didn't know the scripture, but I knew she was referencing Christ. And I knew she genuinely made that prayer during her missions, at least one of them. And man, how can you not be touched by that? How can you not? It, it, it's truly phenomenal. All right, here's the second clip that I want to, play and in and, and this scene it's before she went out to get her family the first mission essentially and and during this time it was a year since she escaped the plantation and she lived in Pennsylvania for one year's time and she sent out letters to her husband at the time, along with her parents, and didn't hear anything back. Therefore, she was concerned. And then just decided to take it upon her hands to get them back or get them to the north. And the guy she's speaking to in this scene is essentially the head leader for the Underground Railroad. So take a listen to this clip. Harriet, how are you? I need your angels to help me get my husband and family. 
Well, Harriet, that's, that's not how this works. My angels are part of a sophisticated network, not for your personal use. I trust we're doing what we can for you. I feel something wrong, William. I can't sleep. Please help me. Listen, Harriet, uh, our work has gotten a lot more dangerous. Slave owners are getting frustrated with the amount of runaways. Federal judges, marshals, and slave catchers are working together. Even Congress is threatening to pass laws to appease the South. If you won't help me, I'll go myself. Hey, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Harriet, I can't have you risking your life on this network because you're lonely. Rescuing slaves requires skill and careful planning. It requires reading, Harriet. Can you read a sign or a map? Can you read it all? I put my attention on trying to hear God's voice more clearly. Do you know what would happen if you got caught? They would torture you until you pointed them right to this office. You got lucky, Harriet. And there's nothing more you can do. Don't you tell me what I can't do. I made it this far on my own. God was watching, but my feet was my own. Running, bleeding, climbing, nearly drowned. Nothing to eat for days and days, man. I made it. So don't you tell me what I can't do. You don't know me. All right. Don't tell me what I can't do. And what I found most interesting about that part of the movie is when the guy and it's understandable understandable when you're not a a a a child of god and what i mean a child of god is you're saved you're born again you're filled with the holy ghost it's hard to comprehend from the natural so when he says oh can you read can you tell, can you read signs and things of that nature? Harry said, I hear God's voice. And then later on, he mentioned, you've done all you can do. And that's when she, she checked him. And don't tell me what I can't do. So here, here's another clip. And it's later on in the movie. It's after... Her sister died, I believe, and they were coming up with a plan in regards to the people who are still currently enslaved. And at this point, they're talking about, I'm talking about the committee in New York. They're talking about possible civil war, just wait on war to happen and things of that nature essentially just sit around and Harry Tubman had different ideas so take a listen to this last clip 500 miles, 500 miles from the Mason-Dixon line to Canada an unimaginable distance slave catchers are monitoring all northbound travel God help the man without free papers how are we going to get our passengers from the southern farms and plantations all the way to the border of Canada we can't keep trying to outrun them we have to fight. The only way to make the fugitive slave law a dead letter is to make half a dozen or more dead slave catchers. That will cool their order. You may be right. Civil war might be our only hope. We can't just give up and wait for war. 
We need to get back to work bringing slaves to freedom. By a train or carriage, horseback, on foot if necessary. Harriet, the journey from Maryland to Canada is 600 miles from the Canadian border. Your longest trip was 100. Now, that would take months, not weeks. You can't... I ain't giving up rescuing slaves because it's far. Many of you don't know slavery firsthand. You were born free. You've been free so long you forget what it's like. You've gotten comfortable and important. You got beautiful homes, beautiful wives. beat for not working for they understand what work is girls raped for their first blood brothers whipped to their back and ribbon sisters sold from their babies try not to think of what they went through those still enslaved are going through right now but I, I've heard their groans and their sighs I've seen their tears and I would give every last drop of blood in my veins to free him. So I ain't giving up. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Go wherever I gotta go. However I gotta do it. To free as many slaves as possible. To this beast, this monster called slavery is slain dead. Amen. Amen. Wow. How can you not love that woman and what she did for this country? The impact she's had on society, especially in the 1800s and until she died in the early 1900s. I believe it was 1913 she died at age 91. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And here, here, here are two scriptures to coincide those last two clips. Because the whole point that I want to show with those last two clips is that don't ever say you can't do nothing. According to Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And in Philippians 4.13, one of my favorite scriptures, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word can't or impossible should not come out of your mouth. Because once you say that word or those words in a statement or any sentence, you have now mentally blocked yourself from completing whatever task or whatever objective that you had at hand. And if you still go through that objective, you're going to half-ass it. You're going to only give partial effort. You're not going to be all in on said 
objective. But you see on these, or you heard, heard from both of those clips, that once someone said, you can do all, or you can't, she shut it down. And she had that much faith. She had that much heart to say, I don't care how far I got to travel, where I got to go. I'm going to free as many slaves that I got to free or I can free. My God, (laughs) what a woman of God. What a virtuous woman. And that leads to Proverbs 31. And I'm going to start reading at verse 10. Now, in this, in these verses right here is essentially the foundation of how a woman is supposed to be, a godly woman is supposed to be. Matter of fact, every woman is supposed to be. Because it gives clear, concise statements on how to act as a woman. And being as it's Women's History Month, everyone. And I mean everyone. Should read these verses with humility and a contrite heart. If there's any woman out there who's struggling with their identity, not sure who they are, are, are confused on who you're meant to be as a woman, go to Proverbs 31 and you'll see who you're meant to be as a woman in terms of the characteristics. And I'm going to read it for you right now. And again, it's describing a virtuous woman, a worthy woman. Now, what does virtuous mean? I'm going to read you the definition right now from Merriam-Webster, 1828. The definition of virtuous, it means having or exhibiting virtue. Virtue is conformity to a standard of right, morality, a particular moral excellence, valor, manly strength or courage, commendable, a commendable quality or trait, morally excellent, righteous. That's That's what virtuous means. Now I'm going to read... And I'll be reading from the NASB 1995. And the reason why I'm reading from this version, because this version essentially the the, the American version of the King James. So y'all who are listening right now could better understand. Verse 10. An excellent wife. Who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. So that verse is telling you straight out the bat. 
that an excellent woman. And in the King James, a virtuous woman. She is far worth more than money. Jules is reference to money. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. And the King James, it states, worketh willingly with her hands. That means she's not lazy. That means she likes to work. She likes to use her hands. She's not lazy. So you women out there that want this lifestyle of a guy taking care of you, and you do nothing, you're out of order. You are out of order. Verse 14. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. Look at that. She rises also while it is still night. And you can make that a reference to when she gave birth to the child and a child wakes up in the middle of the night, who is usually comforting that child, breastfeeding that child? It's the mother. It's the mother. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. See, now now, now she, she's working on the fields. She's cropping. Seed time and harvest. Mm-mm-mm. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She's a brick house. Strong. She ain't weak and puny. She don't look like she weigh 80 pounds. Built. Brick house. Shout out to the Commodores. Verse 18. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night, so the light is always shining upon her. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor and stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. My Lord. She's not afraid of cold. Because she'll always have clothing prepared. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Purple is in reference to royalty. Verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She's a businesswoman and supplies belts to the tradesmen. 
Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So when she's speaking, she's only speaking kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household, but does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. Uh Uh-oh. So you ladies out there. And again, it's nothing wrong wanting to look good for your husband. Ain't nothing wrong with that, your boyfriend. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong. But it's in vain. It's irrelevant. It's pointless. As the scripture in Deuteronomy states, painting your face is in vain. Makeup, it's in vain. You're wasting your time. Looking like Jezebel. Verse 30 again. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. And that's who Harriet Tubman represented. She was a virtuous woman. She worked. She wasn't lazy. She didn't care nothing about her beauty. She filled the Lord. She was strong. She, man, oh my Lord, my God. And she done good. She done good. You know, I, I find this so interesting, just as a side note. And I won't say the person's name, but... The person who recommended me this movie to watch, I, you know, I'm just gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna. It's all. This episode is about Harriet <laughs> Tubman. I'm gonna leave that alone. But I'll just say this: How can you? How can anyone watch that movie and not be inspired by it? Especially the women. And if you're someone who is on the fence about God, about Jesus Christ, God Almighty, how can you watch this movie and not believe? Are are you really that numb to leave it as a historical, biographical film? Because it wasn't just no film to me. Once I knew that Harriet Tubman was a woman of God and it was represented all the way from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. And even her last words when she died, she said, 
I go to prepare a place for you. And again, that's in reference to the book of John. I'll read it real quick. There's a verse 14. And I'm going to start at verse 1. Hallelujah. How can anyone, any woman specifically, watch that film and not be touched and not seek out for the Lord? All that she did, it was because of the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the I am that I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob guided her throughout those missions while she was a spy for the Civil War. God did that and just used Harriet Tubman as a vessel. Even in, I, I didn't show this clip, but during, in the movie, when she went back the first time, she went back for her husband. And I come to find out that her husband not only married another woman, but had a child with that woman. And she went out to the fields or in the forest and wondered, God, why, why? Why I came back for my husband. But God had big, bigger plans for her. He sent her there to come back for her family. Most of them at least. And she listened to the Lord. She listened. How, how, how can you go from Maryland to Pennsylvania, essentially by yourself. And you made it. She made it. That wasn't no luck. She listened to the voice of God. Going back now, her last words were, I go to prepare a place for you. And that's in reference to John 14. And I'm going to start reading our verse 1. Let, your, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house are many mansions, now referring to heaven. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. Oh, excuse me. And whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. To our last breath. She worshiped Jesus. Her last breath, she knew she was going to the pearly gates of heaven. Hallelujah. Ooh. Amen. And amen. I, 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 I'm going to say it again. Anyone, 
anyone, especially the women, watch the movie Harriet. Really pay attention to the film with humility and with a contrite heart. And you will feel the love of God the same way I did. This is the only film I cried twice. The, the, the first time was when she went through all the trials and tribulations, essentially, when escaping. And in the fields, it was wide open. It, it 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 was it was unbelievable. It, it <laughs> I I started tearing up because I say I felt her freedom. I I I felt her her trials that she went through, her 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 tribulations that she went through, and when she. Since she reached the promised land of freedom, it, it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And when you're born again, and it's hard to explain. I, I, I told you people earlier, don't be surprised if my words start fluctuating. Because it, that film touched me. Touched my heart in a major way. So I recommend all of you to watch the movie Harriet. I enjoyed it very much. Very, very much. Harriet Tubman, I salute you. Woman of God. Great biographical film. Anyway, that being said... You can follow me on all my social media platforms. Y'all know the drill. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a comment if you desire. And with that being said, y'all, stay blessed and stay well-balanced. Thank you.